Welcome to the Daily Bible Podcast, a show intended to help you get more out of your everyday time in the Word. This is a ministry of Compass Bible Church in North Texas, and if you'd like to join along with our daily Bible reading program, you can do so by going to compassntx.org and clicking on the Daily Bible Reading tab. Thanks for joining in for today's episode of the Daily Bible Podcast. Hey, and welcome to another episode of the Daily Bible Podcast. Hi. <laughs> so understated. I feel like I, on this, the 260th day of the year, that's how you're going to greet everybody. I mean, I feel like it's, it's warranted. It's a good, it's a good thing. It's a Sunday. It's a Sunday. And that's what you're bringing to the table. Hi. Maybe I'm not, maybe I'm not awake yet. Well, not only that, it's a hundred days from now until Christmas. <laughs> okay. So there you go. Now that you say that, you are got you ready? A hundred more episodes. Are you ready? Now Have you Christmas. saved enough? I only, I, I save approximately 80% of my paycheck for Christmas. So Do you? I'm, I'm That's intense. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm coming to your house for dinner on Christmas. Well, I didn't say I spent it all on Christmas. Okay. So, I mean, I buy lots of lights. <laughs> Actually, I don't. I'm, I'm really nervous about Christmas this year because I, I think my, my neighborhood, my community really yeah. does it up and like, that's not my, my thing. I'm not opposed to it. I'd like to learn, I guess, but oh boy. I'm yeah. Nervous. Yeah. I know for sure. Ours does. We, we live in a, a neighborhood that even has light in the title of it, but one of our, our mutual friends, who's a, a pastor at our church down in Hill country, pastor Evan Jacobson, uh, he has family that lives in my neighborhood and he sent me a video last year of them driving through our neighborhood before we came out here at Christmas and the lights on the houses there were ridiculously absurd. That's it right there. Oh, I'm yep. showing for all you listening. This is super yep. helpful, but like, so there's lights strewn across, uh, across, uh, roofs. There's lawn decor, lots of lawn decor. Yep. The tree in front of the house is decorated massive, spectacle level oh like a photo station for people that want to take a photo yeah. i guess in front of their house um i mean literally every square inch of that neighbor's lawn is covered in with some kind of decor and light yes yeah. I, I to the degree that so the marstons in our church they're they're known for their light display they've they've won some awards i think even back in california for their lights they enjoy lights. I showed them that and they were like, okay, that's too much. That's, that's too much even for them. Yeah. And that's our neighborhood. So there you go. All right. Well, we'll see. You live there. You I chose do. it. I do. Or it chose you. Yeah. It's also Patrick Mahomes birthday. So happy birthday, Patrick Mahomes. Oh. Do you know who Patrick Mahomes is? I know he's a quarterback. Okay. And if I had to guess, I know it was a Super Bowl team. Um, Chiefs. There you go, man. All right. Well done. I'm, I'm there. Well done. I'm a sports professional. You are all things to all people right That's now. That's right. That's yeah. my role. So happy birthday, Patrick Mahomes. If, if you ever move to Dallas and you're looking for a church. I didn't know he was one of our listeners. Uh, well, I'm just on the off chance that uh, maybe he's Googling his name and some AI program is grabbing the fact that we mentioned his name in this podcast and he'll listen to it. <laughs> we would also tell him, hey, man, live for more than football. Well, yeah. And maybe he does. I don't know. I don't know the guy at all. I don't either. Yeah. He went to Texas Tech. I think he's from this area. So there, oh, okay. there's so that. He's probably but, a Christian. Then. Yeah. Because that, that equals that. Yeah. Texas. Well, if you're a Christian and you're part of our church family, we hope that we see you this morning at church or that we saw you if you're already back from church and uh, are listening. Either to way, we want to see you. So if you're not we there. We want to see you. So make sure you're there. But we're glad that you're here really upset if you're right now either. listening 
And uh, we're going to be in the book of Ecclesiastes, a brand new book for us to, to study together. Now that we're done with the book of Proverbs. And we're only in it for a few days. I know, which is disappointing. One, two, three, four, four days. We're in it for four days total. Yeah. It's kind of a breakneck speed for a book that's so dense. It is heavy. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good way to put it. Heavy. Yeah. I think the word that continues to resurface every time I study it is inscrutable, mysterious, enigmatic. Yeah. Uh, impossible to fully decipher. And I think that's kind of the point that he goes at, right? I, I think it is. And uh, not to give it the ending away to everybody, but I... Oh, I don't tell me. Spoiler alert. You know, spoiler I, alert. Yeah, spoiler alert. Don't listen if, if you don't, don't want to know. know what the end is. Don't listen. But... Oh, here we go. I, I think it's important You're because... So mad, so mad. You already did this with the prestige. Yeah, I did. <sighs> we I did. Again. He's got a twin. The end of the matter, You're verse so bad. 13 of chapter 12. All has been heard. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. For God will bring every deed into judgment with every secret thing, whether good or evil. So, you know, we were talking offline. It's not as though the, this book gets tied up in a nice, neat bow at the end, but it's helpful for us to read the book through the lens of the fact that that's where Solomon ultimately lands in the end of it. Now he's giving us some on the ground, real time introspection into his, his heart and his mindset as he writes the book. And that's why a lot of people read this book and they go, it's depressing. It's discouraging. I don't like it. And and that's, that was my, my perspective on it for a long time. I got to preach through it with our college group and our men's ministry in California. My perspective has changed since then. I think that there's a lot of encouraging things about the book. Mm. Um, and I think it's a super helpful book for young people as well to read through and to understand that this is a man that has been there and done that with pretty much everything in life. And if you're going to seek satisfaction there, it's not going to be found there. And that's so much of, of what he covers in the book. So how do we know it's Solomon? You, you mentioned Solomon being the author. It says here in verse one that it's the preacher, the son of David. So he could, that could be anybody. It could be. However, anybody in the line of David, that is. It, however, it's followed up with king in Jerusalem. And you might say, okay, well, others reigned in Jerusalem. But if you jump down to verse 12, it says, I, the preacher, have been king over Israel in Jerusalem. And so here you have a statement of him being king over the united monarchy. You've got Israel not divided, which happened with Solomon's sons, Rehoboam and Jeroboam, or Solomon's son, Rehoboam, and then Jeroboam split off. Mm-hmm. And you had Israel to the north and you had Judah in the south. So he doesn't say I've been king over Judah. He specifically says I've been king over Israel. And the only son of David who was king over Israel in Jerusalem was Solomon. Okay. Helpful enough. Yeah. He does refer to himself as the preacher or or koleth in the Hebrew. And, uh, and so sometimes as you're looking at a commentary or sometimes reading some books on there, you'll see a reference to that word koleth, which means preacher. And that's the the way that he refers to himself here. Uh, By the way, a good devotional commentary on this book that I find helpful is Gibson's book. His last name is Gibson. I can't remember if his first name is David or Jonathan. There's brothers and both of them, right? Um, but uh, it's called Living Life Backward. It's like Ted and Trip. Or, uh, <laughs> Ted, Ted and Trip. Yeah. Ted and Trip. Ted and Paul. Ted and Paul Trip. Yeah. yeah. Right off the bat, it, it, this is the most familiar part of the book. Vanity of vanities. All is vanity. It's the word in Hebrew, chevel, which means, did you catch that? Did you, did you catch that guttural? I did. Is that is that supposed to be there? I, I don't I know. I don't think it is. I just threw it in there because it's a Hebrew word. I think it's a, I hevel, it's a hey. hevel. 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 Yeah, hevel. 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 Whatever. Yeah. One of those. Anyways, I don't speak Hebrew. I barely speak English (laughs) most days, but vanity, it's the idea of it's something that's transitory. It's there and it's gone. So if you think of a cup of coffee and you think of the mist coming off your coffee or the the steam that rises from your coffee, trying to grab that and hold on to that, you you can't do it. That's the concept here. It's something that's fleeting. It's something that's not there. It's something that is, looks like it might be something that you could hold on to, but then all of a sudden you realize it's gone. So like cigar smoke. Sure. 
Yeah, or or steam or from exhaust. a cup of coffee. Or exhaust. And he goes through in this opening chapter, and he, he's talking about the repetition of this concept. Or a rainbow. Con- or, or a rainbow. <laughs> Anything else. Anything else. <laughs> well, because I just heard the cup of coffee one yeah. from you. Or, or like, this, this is be creative here. Like you walk outside and you breathe in the cold air and your try breath crap, goes out. Try to capture that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's not possible. He's talking here about the idea that that this idea of vanity is something that has been and always will be, that that there's a repetition of this sense of vanity that has marked mankind and marked time forever. Um, And that's the idea of there's nothing new, verse 9, under the sun. Uh, The eye is not satisfied with seeing, verse 8, nor the ear filled with hearing. There's always this, this quest for more, but you can never get enough. And that's kind of what marks the vanity of humankind. Verse 12, he identifies himself, the, the king over Israel in Jerusalem. Again, why we believe that it is Solomon here. And then he says this, it's an unhappy business that God has given to the children of man to be busy with. Well, that sounds like God is vindictive or sounds like God is a cruel God. But really, I think this is a grace because God is giving this to us to realize that we can't be satisfied here. There's an old song that, uh, older song, not old, but older song by Shane and Shane called Over the Sun. And the whole idea is written about this book saying the, the point of life is we need to get over the sun. We need to get to where God is and find meaning and satisfaction and fulfillment there and not here, mm. which really in chapter two is what he begins to unpack. He says in chapter two, here's my resume of all the different things that I've sought for purpose and fulfillment and satisfaction in. He talks about pleasure and entertainment and alcohol and projects and beauty and possessions and wealth and sex and all of it at the end. He says, I, 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 verse 10, whatever my eyes desired, I did not keep from them. And yet what was his conclusion in verse 11? It was all vanity. It was all that steam off the top of the coffee cup, a striving after wind, and there was nothing to be gained through any of it. And so again, he's saying, I've, I've lived for all these things under the sun and found them all to be disappointing. This is why we typically point to this passage when we talk to people and say, hey, you're gonna, if you're going to pursue uh, success, material or otherwise, uh, worldly success, you're going to find yourself ultimately empty because Solomon already tried that. Right. And he came to the conclusion. And this is the, uh, this is scripture. This is not Solomon's just reflections, right. even though they are those certainly, but they're more than that because these are God's words, his commentary about a life pursuing any other means of satisfaction apart from himself. Yeah. Yep. And so from there, he turned to say, well, maybe it's found in wisdom. And you'll remember Solomon was the wisest of all who had ever lived because he asked for that from God and God provided that. And so then in, as he's pursuing wisdom, the thing that he's realizing and, and thinking about and, and concluding at this point is, man, the frustrating thing about wisdom is I can be the wisest man in the room and yet I'm going to die just like the, the, the dumbest man in the room, just like the most foolish man in the room. And so he's lamenting that and he's mourning that death being the brick wall to everyone. And, and that's going to show up again and again throughout the book of Ecclesiastes this he can't get past the idea that that death comes and then what Um, and that's the answer that we need to be after and that's the answer that he gets to I think at the end of the book then he looks at at work and he says man I I, I worked hard and my conclusion again vanity because I for all the things that I work for what good is it I'm gonna have to leave it behind to somebody else what's he gonna do with it I don't know what he's gonna do with it and so what should we do then? He begins to introduce some ideas here in the glimpses of the hope. And that is we need to just enjoy. We need to enjoy the things that God has given us because he's given them to us to be enjoyed as an expression of our satisfaction, not in them, but in him. So this sounds, I mean, this is part of the wisdom literature. So right. when you think about wisdom literature in the Bible, this is there. So help us understand that we've, we've seen... We've seen Job, which was super depressing. We've seen the Proverbs, which feels a, a bit happier, has a lot more a lot more warning in there about the adulterous woman. Um, where does Ecclesiastes fit 
in the in the broader scope of the wisdom tradition in the Bible. Help us understand where the pieces fits. In other words, why it's considered wisdom literature? Well, not why it's considered wisdom literature, but r- what role do you see Ecclesiastes playing amidst the wisdom literature? So, how does this how does this supplement Proverbs? How does this how does this yeah. correspond to Job? I, I, I think it's. With in contrast to Proverbs, I think this is more the bird's eye view, whereas Proverbs is more on the ground. I think this is we get really the the biographical sketch of Solomon's life, and we get to learn from mistakes that he's made. And so, whereas in Proverbs, Solomon is giving us active and and proactive bits and tidbits of wisdom here and there on how to live our lives. Right. Here, this is him reflecting, looking back on his life, saying, "Hey, let me look back on my life and." here's some broad stroke conclusions that I'm drawing for you on things that, that I've learned based on things that I I chased after Job was different because this was Job was like a, a, an active object lesson. We're watching real time with Job as these events are unfolding for us. And there's things to be learned there as well about God's sovereignty and his goodness in spite of our circumstances. Again, here, the difference is this is Solomon under the, the, the guidance of God writing, reflecting back at the, towards the end of his life saying, again, learn from what I did wrong so that you don't have to make the same mistakes. Interesting. Yeah, this is this feels much more narrative than anything we've seen so far in the in the well, I guess Job has his own story, but this feels different than Proverbs. Yeah. And it feels like this is largely pessimistic because of the way it ends. Ultimately, it's it's he's taking us through a kind of a twisted uh, a twisted path of here's all the ways that I did go wrong. Here's the ways that I, I, I messed up. Yeah, maybe. Although I do, I do think there are those glimpses in there of him giving us the, the, Signpost. Yeah, so we don't say, drown. Right. To say, hey, look, it's okay for you to enjoy things. God's given you things to be enjoyed. He says that multiple times in the text. He says that God has given these things to us to be enjoyed. The problem is when we make them the ultimate thing and and not a thing that is a conduit to our being able to, to worship God. Mm. Even towards the end of the book, he says, look, everything is going to be brought into judgment. And so we enjoy them with that in mind so that we're not enjoying them as an, as an act of worshiping the, the gift rather than the giver of the gift. But there is some, I think he's looking back going, I didn't do this, but here, here's my conclusions. Now looking back on this, what should we do with our toil? What should we do with our families? What should we do with these good mm-hmm. things? I think there's room to enjoy them as long as we're enjoying them rightly. Right. Good yeah. point. Chapter three, then he gets into uh, God's sovereignty over the seasons. There's uh, and these are contrasts, right? Uh, time to be born, time to die. He goes through and he contrasts all of these things. One to, to, uh, to pick up on in verse five, a time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones together. Um, stones were, were something that would, would impede plowing and farming. And so there was a time to clear the field and, and to throw them away. And there was a time to, to gather them together. Sometimes when you went into war, you would spread stones in an enemy's field in order that he wouldn't be able to plant and, or and make an altar or make an altar there. Yeah. Um, and so he goes through with all these different seasons and he's just talking about the rhythm of life here. But here's one of those glimpses of hope, I think, in, in chapter three, verse 11. He's made everything beautiful in its time and he's put eternity into man's heart yet so that he cannot find out what God has done from beginning to the end. I perceived that then there is nothing better for them than to be joyful and do good as long as they live, that everyone should eat, drink and take pleasure in his toil. This is God's gift to man. And so there, I think there's some common grace that's present there and not necessarily just the the special grace of, of salvation, but I think that there's a common grace there that God has given good things to, to man to be enjoyed as long as we enjoy them in the right capacity. I think it's interesting too, as part of the wisdom literature, it seems like Solomon is trying to make the point here that the seemingly the paradoxical truth that God has instilled within creation is that there's a time almost for every 
corresponding action and reaction. There's a time to build. There's a time to, there's a time to tear down. There's a time to seek and a time to lose. Um, Wisdom is understanding when to know, when to do which, when to employ which one. When's it time to weep and when's it time to laugh? Uh, Romans Romans tells us that we should weep with those who weep and rejoice with those who rejoice. And here, even in the Old Testament, Solomon is encouraging us to be wise enough to discern the difference between the two and when to employ which, perhaps even within the same day. I, I can think of situations where we've been in counseling yep. and in one counseling session, it's a very heavy, difficult session. And the next one, it's a little lighter and a lot happier. It's a premarital counseling, perhaps. Yeah. You're having to, weep with those who weep and rejoice with those who rejoice almost within the same day if not within the same hour or two it's a challenge but that's that's where wisdom leads us to know the difference between the two and when to use it yeah yeah and chapter three does not end though on a positive note as he returns to the idea of death and compares it to animals here and he says look if death is what's coming and puts an end to all of this why are we better off even than the the animals on earth because we all die and go to the same place now i don't think he's saying that all dogs go to heaven i think he's just (laughs) simply referring to the grave and the termination of life there in chapter three well let's jump over in our new testament i wish i wish we went slower through ecclesiastes there's nice there's so much there so much there. Let's jump over to our new New Testament reading, though. Second Corinthians chapter nine. He's picking up and continuing this idea of generosity. He's talking about the gifts that are being gathered for the saints there, and uh, he talks about the cheerful giver. And again, this is not the context of uh, giving within the church. Um, to uh, offering as, as we take up an offering uh, should we be cheerful in that yes we should be cheerful in that but this is that uh, again that extra generosity that takes place we talked about it last time I think or the time before that about potentially even giving to missions organizations and things along those rides those lines but uh, but Paul's point here is that there's there's good there's it's commendable to be generous is basically what he's saying here and god desires that god wants us to be generous even in verse 11 you will be enriched in every way to be generous in every way in other words that's part of the reason why god supplies the things that he's given to us is that we would be generous people and so he's commending the corinthians here and, and exhorting them to be this type of of, uh, of church body to be a generous type of church body and we hope and, and pray that that's true of us at compass as well that's right shorter time in the new testament this uh this morning but uh helpful nonetheless and uh we're glad that you joined us and we'll be back again tomorrow for another episode of the daily bible podcast where we will be officially under 100 days until christmas (laughs) bye y'all hey thanks for joining us for another episode of the daily bible podcast we hope and pray this has been a blessing to you and your time in the word if it has if you would subscribe to this podcast leave a like leave a comment and share it with some friends and family that would be awesome if you need more information about compass bible church here in north texas you can go to compassntx.org again that's compassntx.org and we'll be back with you tomorrow for another episode of the daily bible podcast